RCMHV Talks with Road Track Club of Mulun Hillview. Often we come across women who have achieved success in various fields such as government, sports, politics, administration, entrepreneurship, business and many more. I've always noticed that we focus a lot on the fluff and filter but we seldom talk about the efforts or the commitment that has been put to climb the ladders of success. Here we speak about the journey and not the final destination. So in the second episode of RCMHV Talks, I speak to a woman who is a second generation entrepreneur of an HR consultancy company known as Excel Corporation. She has represented India on various international platforms and she also has her own podcast known as People Who Matter, where she puts a spotlight on entrepreneurs and startup founders from across India discussing various topics. So everybody who's listening to this podcast, trust me, this is one of the most insightful, enriching and knowledgeable conversations that I've had in a really long time. So without further ado, let me introduce our second guest for this episode, Ms. Bhargavi Swami. Well, first of all, thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, really interesting uh, to see such young and bright minds, uh, you know, generate some good content and uh, talk to people who might have some experience and, you know, bring some unique perspective um, to help a lot of youngsters and a lot of uh, enthusiastic bright minds uh, in their journey ahead. So I'm glad I can be here. So before we begin the podcast, I would really request you to share with our listeners what exactly is the job that you do. I remember reading a LinkedIn profile and I'm still trying to wrap my head around all the ventures that you're involved in. So I think if you could give a brief description about yourself, it would be a great start to the podcast. All right. So no, um, I don't think it's that complicated, my LinkedIn profile, but um, just to explain who I am and what I do. So um, I'm an entrepreneur, uh, first of all. Uh, of a HR consulting company which is known as Excel Corporation and uh, we are a Bangalore based um, headquartered uh, HR company however in the last 10 years of our existence we have spread our wings and we have offices in Chennai in Mumbai and we uh, work for a pan-India clientele along with catering to um, the recruitment and talent needs uh, for companies in Singapore and Dubai so that's basically the first thing that I do uh, I'm also very passionate about content and uh, content creation is something that I've been dabbling with for the last 10 years um, whether through my blogs and writing for MTV or whether through uh, documentaries and short films uh, that one of my first companies produced um, for you know different government agencies and corporate films for companies uh, but very very recently that is in the last two years I journeyed into making podcasts myself so you can say I'm one of India's top five podcasters um, and uh, we are one of the top most podcasts called as People Who Matter, uh, which is heard uh, in the APAC region uh, and in uh, the markets in US, North America, it includes Canada, Australia, Dubai, Singapore, apart from, of course, uh, a large audience in India. Um, so this is uh, in terms of a professional, as people would know me. Um, personally, I'm also a, a, a singer. Um, I love... Uh, I think I love uh, honing different kind of talents. I am a learner for life, so I pick up new skills and learn. 
So um, yeah, uh, that's something that I do. I, I sometimes put out some fun videos for people to watch um, and generate some content on music, which is uh, to do with classical music uh, and marrying it into uh, film, pop music, etc. So yeah, that's just me and the various facets of me. Wow, that sounds amazing. I'm just wondering if there's anything that you cannot do. Uh, but more on that later, I will get to your professional life in just a bit. But I want you to touch upon your upbringing. I read that you were raised in Bangalore and then you shifted to Pune for your higher studies. So did you have it all planned in your mind about what you want to achieve going ahead? Well, yes, um, I actually grew up in different parts of India before uh, my dad, uh, you know, settled us down in Bangalore. So he was a sales and marketing professional for a big part of his life. And uh, because of him, we got to travel to a lot of different cities. So I grew up a lot in the north. So my Hindi is very good. And because of that, uh, I, I was living in Delhi, in Lucknow, uh, in Faridabad. Um, before we moved into, you know, the amazing uh, retirement capital of South India at that point of time, which was Bangalore. And being a South Indian myself, um, uh, eventually we did find roots there. Um, so a big part of my life uh, I have spent in Bangalore, one of my favorite cities in the world. Um, the climate, the people, the food, the culture, um, and of course uh, the very, very active nightlife when we were growing up. Uh, so these uh, these things were a big influence of uh, you know making me who I am today. Um, but yes, after my college, uh, my graduation, I decided to pursue masters, and I was very keen on pursuing it in media and communications. And that's the reason I moved to Symbiosis in Pune. And the campus that um, I was part of was actually the, the first time they were starting a campus away from the city in Baner. Um, they had a campus in Suzgaon, uh, which is known as Lavale, and today it's known as the International University Campus. And we were the first guinea pig batch of that particular campus, and we had the the best time of our lives of course we cribbed and cried at that point of time but um, if you are somebody who's in a creative space or who's doing management studies um, I think um, a hill station campus is exactly what the doctor ordered because it was one of the best experiences of my life and um, in terms of planning I had my life planned out till I think my education was uh, completed and as soon as I finished my education I had no idea what I wanted to do it was very ironic because usually people's planning starts, you know, in terms of career, what they should do in life, etc. But I was a straight A student. I was always a 90% plus student in all my academic career, whether it was school or um, 11th and 12th degree and then post-grad. So in post-grad, I was a gold medalist. But I never ever planned my career as such beyond my education because um, I think I, I was into so many activities and um, I was just somebody who was interested in so many different things at, at the given time um, that I think I couldn't stick to or pick out one particular thing uh, that I wanted. So yeah, that was really interesting. But that's exactly how my life was. I would say the first five years of my career was pretty unplanned. And uh, uh, I uh, you know, did join uh, my family business, which is into HR consulting. And once I joined it and once I understood the nuances of that particular business, um, I think then the strategies, the planning, uh, in terms of where I see myself, where I see my company, all that, I think then that kind of came to me. So yes, that's exactly what happened with me. Well, I think it's okay to not have a plan and instead give a shot at everything that you could. Uh, but I believe you are a second generation entrepreneur of an all-women HR consultancy company named Excel Corporation. So 
what does your company do and why did you decide to go ahead with an all women hr consultancy firm is there any particular reason behind it Well, yes, uh, it's a heavy word when you say second-generation entrepreneur, all-women HR consultancy. Um, it was—I can't take the credit for that. It was my dad. So my dad, who had traveled all over the world during his professional life, uh, wanted the last few years before his retirement to, you know, settle down in one place and have something of his own, which he could then probably pass on as a legacy business to us, as his children. and um, that's exactly what happened uh, we actually um, settled down in bangalore for a good part of our life and uh, towards the end of his uh, career he set up a company which is now today known as excel corporation it was his vision to um, have an all women hr consulting company because i think he's a bigger feminist than i am i keep saying it in all my platforms um, he has two daughters me and my sister and he always always taught us to be absolutely equal in everything uh, that we wanted to have in our life so i was taught how to drive i was taught how to repair a car uh, very early in life i i was also uh, the person helping him with tools around the house so i can fix circuits and i can fix if the bulb goes off and things like that i can do all that um and it was his vision uh, to always know that you know women are as good if not better at work with men and given the right opportunities uh, women need more support when it comes to careers because he knew a lot of women drop out of careers and jobs you know when they reach that 30 plus uh, period in their life when you know that's when you become a mother you have to drop out you have elderly care in the family and all these activities usually befall on the women so he wanted to make an atmosphere which is very conducive for them where they can choose to either work from home or come to an office have decent 9 to 6 hours nobody bothers them beyond the 6 pm time and work at a leisurely pace without a target or a you know a stress based workload in their head and he also felt that women are great administrators women are very good in communication in client engagement uh, with customers etc so it was a great business proposition as well so that's the company he started and i uh, pretty much joined the company i was part of it even right through my college days and you know uh, making the logos for the company the website uh, you know integrating it with uh, our uh, web developers and um, they led ahead and the first email that went out everything was me um uh, however uh, i joined officially the business i joined it uh, you know as soon as i got out of my post graduation in simbi when i was you know in search of what i wanted to do with my life uh, my dad suggested it's a great idea to you know uh, be a part of the business learn a bit about the business and then see what i want to do from there so i i did just that and uh, i joined the family business um, i i joined as an intern first as a marketing branding intern i slowly learned the way of hr recruitment talent acquisition I gained a degree in it, and then uh, I uh, became a whole and soul part of the system. And before I know it, I was heading not just the branding, marketing. Uh, I was very much part of the senior leadership on client engagement, on building, bringing in new business, on um, uh, you know devising new methods of training our staff, which were a lot of people are from socially backward backgrounds, or uh, they come from regional medium uh, studying schools. So we were a Bangalore-based business at that point of time. We were employing a lot of people who had studied in Kannada medium or Telugu medium. uh tamil medium or malayalam medium and they were joining our business and we were teaching them everything right from abcd in english down to computer skills because a lot of them had not even seen uh, you know laptops etc but 10% of our hires were usually from this kind of a background because 
our organization my dad often says it is a social based organization as well we should give back as much as we have got so that's a kind of um, setup that it was and that's the reason today we're very proud to be an all women hr consulting company and uh, we've definitely worked with a lot of men of course uh, through you know various capacities whether it's our web developer teams our uh, digital marketing teams um, these have come in as integrations as third party integrations but as employees we usually have on your consulting um, uh, you know staking to the core of uh, helping women for their career so that's the reason uh, for this i wish we have more men like a father who believe that both men and women deserve equal opportunities and there's nothing a woman cannot do so that brings me to my next question people who matter is india's first business podcast that he started a few years back the numbers look very impressive with 100k subscribers and over 2 million downloads in seven countries so what was the main idea behind starting this podcast and how is your podcast different from the other podcasts which also emphasize on subjects related to entrepreneurship and startup stories so talking about people who matter as a podcast well um, it's it's really a dream uh, of what we've achieved today in 2 years uh, and what i set out to do so as i was telling you i've been passionate about you know media and communication all through my life content is something that keeps me inspired even today and uh, how to be innovative in content how to integrate content into a very um, Uh, a very serious business of human resources um is something that i i still strive and i try to look at different innovative ways of doing so i'm a big believer of building a personal brand and i'm a big believer of building a voice for your company as well evil who matters started as a as my voice um of me being a thought leader and positioning myself as a subject matter expert and um sharing those conversations which i was having with some fantastic c suite professionals top management professionals across the world i was having these on personal capacities behind closed doors or during meetings in boardrooms and i felt my god i mean such interesting perspectives right and how would it i mean it would be so awesome to bring it and share it on a platform where anyone can consume it and probably benefit from it and learn something new for that day because podcasts aren't very long uh, they between 20 minutes to 50 minutes and if you can spare that much time and pick up something new in the process without paying a dime i think that's fantastic and that's exactly how people who matter started so it was my conversations with my friends colleagues business associates people i admire people who admire me come on to the show and just have a conversation that's how people who matter started with absolutely zero agenda um, yes i did believe that it will become a voice for me in the future if i am consistent at the podcast and that's what it gave me so we completed season 1 with 12 episodes with the finale episode having mr mustafa pc we had uh, uh, you know so many wonderful people like mr t and hari um the heritage our big basket uh, we had um, some fantastic first time entrepreneurs startups uh, who came on board uh, you know into the space that i was sitting in i was working out of a co-working space then so we had a lot of fantastic entrepreneurs startups uh, who were working in different uh, companies like edtech fintech design tech and it was great to interview them and understand their life journey and their problems and how to become an entrepreneur in this space um so that's how people who matter started um what i did when the second season was i actually got uh, uh, you know i went beyond the beyond the one woman army that i was i was editing i was recording and i was doing everything myself because i didn't know right uh, if this would be um, a business wise idea in the future uh, by the end of season 1 with the kind of reception that we got we were increasing 
in terms of followers and subscribers with every passing episode and it grew through word of mouth it grew through the goodwill of the speakers that were coming on the show who further went and you know spread the good word um so it was a collaborative effort for a, a number of good people who came together and a lot of my clients themselves you know retweeted about it they shared it among their groups and networks i'm ever so grateful for everybody who was part of that journey and season 2 um i decided to get some interns on board um who would help me with you know the the content packaging because i thought let's package it better and it's important that you improve right any product anything any service that you put out the only way you will grow and learn is through improvement so i felt it's very important to get some better perspective maybe a fresher perspective and you know try to uh, try to see that um, we do a much better job in terms of packaging in terms of sound in terms of um, the guests in terms of creatives and we started social media engagement in season 2 and uh, we started you know uh, making a channel for it on different platforms so we were already available on apple podcast spotify and google uh, but with season 2 we came up on youtube as well we went on soundcloud uh we went on alexa uh, which was fantastic and these were first times for us as well uh season 2 had around uh, i think 8 uh, to 9 episodes uh with the end of that uh, i've realized that people are, are asking for more uh by the end of the finale episode of season 2 i had some again fantastic people who were part of the journey uh we had the country heads of facebook we had uh, people who worked in ex hedge funds and headed uh, senior organizations across the world um we had first timers in terms of startups we had uh, uh, lawyers we had media professionals we had uh, content people we had c suite management people uh, from brilliant companies we had corporate mythologists we had people who were criss crossing and you know um, challenging the borders of what we know as employment today and that's fascinating always for me even from a hr standpoint so i got to engage with some great minds and put out some great content and Season 2 ended with uh, us gaining one of the highest listenerships of having 2 million downloads of what of our 21 episodes and having over 100k subscribers by the end of season 2 and this just grew during the lockdown because more people were consuming content during the lockdown so the numbers are now just beyond 100k and uh, more downloads happening for different seasons so we're all, all in all really really happy with the kind of um, stories that we were putting out there and i think this is what defines people who matter different from the other podcasts Uh, I don't profess to know everything, and I try to invite subject matter experts in the field. But the advantage is, I'm myself an entrepreneur, and I'm myself a person who's helping startups through my HR organization, through virtual HR, and all the other services that we provide uh, to startups specifically. So I know the pain points, and I've lived it myself. I've set up businesses myself. So it comes from a very authentic voice. It comes from a very real space when I. asked certain questions and um, I have a great engagement with my audiences through my twitter handle which is bhargavi86 or uh, through my linkedin professional profile bhargavi swami so a lot of people drop me comments they write personal messages they are dropping in questions they want me to ask they drop in the kind of people I should bring in and um, my biggest advantage among this all is my network range is um, something that's always defined uh, a quality and the kind of people who trust me and come on the show are people who respect me as a professional for the services they might have seen me doing fathers or for you know them receiving it first hand so i think these things really make a difference uh, when it comes to being a podcaster you should choose a topic where you can genuinely realistically contribute and not just become a mouthpiece or just an anchor you need to add value and that's where i think people who matter defines and breaks um, ceilings and shatters glasses and shatters records and that's why we are where we are people who matter was an absolute hit i loved it i've listened to a few podcasts myself um so moving from one accomplishment to another so to speak uh you've re- uh, represented india as a talent and human resource representative 
on several international platforms. If I may ask you, where do you think India stands in terms of skilled labor and employment standards? We all know that foreign investors eye India as an attractive investment destination because of cheap labor and diversified market. Do you think we can generate ample amount of opportunities for the youth of our country? Okay, I find this question very interesting um, and so timely because um, yes, I've represented India on several platforms um, in you know meeting foreign dignitaries and uh, a lot of it has happened after I've uh, you know come to Mumbai and met some fantastic people here uh, through associations like Asocha. Um Yes, when you when you meet from an international background and even the kind of startups I'm dealing with right now a lot of them are uh, London based or Singapore based or uh, um, US based and they are trying to invest money into India they want to set up tech platforms in India because of the amazing tech pool uh, that we have here and what's interesting to note is in the last five years there's been a reverse brain drain that's happened all over the world Indians who left India and went uh, in the 90s in the 2000s to settle abroad um, or even the, you know the, the early 2015s 2016s to have careers there a lot of them have returned back to India. Um, maybe it's due to personal reasons. It could also be because of recession in the US. It could be because of the change of leadership in different countries and the policies of the leaders towards foreign nationals. Um, whatever the reason, we have a lot of really, really good talent pool coming back to India. Uh, or the talent pool which is sitting outside India is trying to invest back in India because they've seen the potential of the people here. The cost of labor is really cheap in India. We all understand that. but. I would go one step further today and say, being somebody from the HR background and somebody who's placing talent, uh, we don't call them uh, candidates anymore, we call them talent because everybody comes with a unique skill set. Um, when we're placing these kind of people in India today, the salaries that some of them are demanding or some of them are at right now is probably on par with a lot of international uh, professionals as well. Um, the difference uh, in India right now, which I see compared to abroad is, abroad consulting is still a very easy thing to do where you can take on multiple clients and you can service multiple clients. Uh, while as in India, it's expected that if you're an employee working for a particular company, more often than not, most uh, people, most talents themselves or even companies are very comfortable with the idea of an exclusive arrangement. That means just a one, uh, one company focused arrangement or one company focused services that they provide. That's interesting. Uh, at the same time, uh, well, that is the market reality. Um, foreign investors also eye India because of the technology security that we have here in terms of uh, the kind of skill sets people pick up very easily. Yes, our education system can do so much better and with the new economic policy coming in place, uh, we can, uh, the new education policy, I'm sorry, coming in place, we can only expect things to get better from here uh, with more open-ended education curriculum, more courses for people to you know choose from. But more than that, in India, people are self-taught. Most of the things we know uh, or we are known for is to you know pick up things on the go uh, we are people who believe in uh, to use a layman's term doing jugad uh, or we are people who pick up things very very easily uh, and we learn on the fly we learn on the go we we absorb we observe people a lot and we pick up and that's that's the way indians work in general and also foreign nationals find it very difficult to work in india unless they have indian representatives because to sometimes navigate the indian um, minefield of policies, compliances and government rules and regulations, better to have a local than to have somebody from outside. Uh, we're also extremely work-oriented. If you know most of the people in your family, Indians by nature are workaholics, I feel. We don't believe too much in leisure and pleasure except for our festival indulgences. We constantly need to do something. We don't know how to chill. Uh, most of us don't. And I think I'm a prime example of this thing. 
uh, in our nature it is the 24/7 we are on the job we're thinking i'm not saying it's a great thing sometimes it's very very good to disengage from the job and do but by nature uh, by genetic coding or by cultural integration in us that's the way we are hence it's very easy to employ indians and that's why i think there's so much preference of uh, foreigners in india and these are some of the big reasons why indians are chosen not just indians i think this trend is true in asia we have a lot of people now investing in vietnam in philippines in thailand um these are all asian countries and all asian countries the asian continent have very shared values very core ethos in terms of work in terms of respect in terms of dignity of labor there are a lot of things that we share in common so that's why i feel these places are more preferred now um in terms of uh, creating jobs um than outside but to this i'd add one final thing indians also are um really smart in becoming job creators and uh move very quickly from becoming job seekers to job creators we are risk takers we are extremely proud of our uh, uh, creations and we are creative people as well in that case so we love ownership we like to take risk we like to own things whether it's property whether it's a business title or uh, any kind of any kind of um, uh, i think ip that we create we love to own things so this is great in india that we want to become employers faster than we want to become job seekers there's also an interesting trend that's going on in india for sure There was a lot of food for thought in that um, answer, and I'm really glad that you brought about or pointed out those facets of Indian working culture or the South Asian working culture. It's it's true that we are workaholics and we seldom disengage from our work. Um, I would really love to discuss about it, but we are running short on time, and there's there are few questions that we would really love to ask you. So. You have multiple feathers in your cap and I'm really curious to know how do you strike a balance between your personal and professional life? Um I mean being a woman at your age you shattered so many glass ceilings how did you make it happen and how conducive was the environment that you grew up in? Ah uh, all right yes multiple feathers in my cap it never felt like a very heavy cap um so I think that way I'm spared from uh, thinking of it as a burden because a lot of it is self-inflicted a lot of times i tell people yes it's a self inflicted torture or self inflicted joy um i'm somebody who can't um sit still for too long if you know what i mean i have to constantly engage in doing some sort of activities and even in the gloomiest of times i've um, been someone who is extremely optimistic with life in general so nothing bad that happens in business or in life can bog me down for too long and it can't bog me down because my mind is already on the next next thing to do the next activity to you know pursue and that's the main reason why i constantly am on the go so yes while i have multiple feathers in my cap uh, i love what i do and that is exactly how i divide my uh, life and work i have a very very good personal life i have amazing friends um i have a good social life at least for the pandemic i did um i love to sing i love to um, you know host people um i love to engage with very very stimulating conversations and i'm somebody very creative and i uh, you know go like a moth to light uh, when i see creative people so that's extremely important for me uh, professionally also i try to integrate those very very uh, key qualities of being a learner for life that's my motto always for me learner for life so um i i constantly pick up on new things and um, that's the reason i feel age is just a number in your head and uh, it doesn't matter how old you are doesn't matter how much experience you have you might be a fresher and you might have something that somebody with even 50 years of experience might not have and you might be somebody uh, in your 50s and wondering oh my god my career is towards you know the last part of it and what do i do with my life there are so many new opportunities to do right so it's just you are as young as you you feel i i recently read a quote or i think i was watching an interview of someone recently 
and they said uh, i know somebody who's 100 and he still does uh, yoga every day and he has his routine and he eats only home cooked food and he has friends and uh, you know he sleeps and he watches things he watches glorious sunsets has a great enjoys a great cup of chai that see that that's life simplicity right i'm not somebody who chases um, after the big things in life i like the simple things in life i am don't get me wrong uh, i love my luxury i love my branded items but i realized a lot of things along the way that if you can curtail your needs and wants um to a bare minimum of what you need and really in life then you know the sky is the limit the, your life is your canvas and you can paint it the way you want you can do a hundred things in a day or you can just choose to do one thing a day and that's fine and as long as you're happy with whatever you do right um it doesn't matter how many activities you take on so as long as i'm happy uh, doing what i do and in the process i shatter some glass ceilings and in the process i make some records and in the process i gain so many subscribers and other things so be it well i'm happier for that but if that doesn't happen that doesn't stop my life it doesn't stop my world it doesn't stop me from dreaming so yeah that's the way i live bhargavi swami learner for life uh, i think i'm always going to remember that that you need to be happy with whatever you do um but moving on to a very business oriented question as you know we're dealing with such trying times it is obvious that every business has been adversely affected So I'm really curious to know how grim is the situation on ground and how are you dealing with the problems of being an entrepreneur have you also been placed in a position to hand out pink slips or deduct salaries all right yes um the situation is grim uh for many businesses and now we are almost towards the end of the lockdown so i think um, we have accepted that this is how the world is going to be and a lot of pundits industry pundits and gurus including me strongly believe that it's probably going to take till mid next year uh, for us to start going back to some sort of normal let's start with you know going back to offices might happen only by mid next year full fledged um, commuting and public transport full fledged again might happen only by mid next year people losing the fear and just going out to have a good time might happen full fledged only by mid next year so if that's the life that we're living in how does one get by in such grim times I think a lot of it has to do with the person I am, my upbringing, my my parents, my mom and dad are the most positive people in my life. I think they're the most optimistic people I've ever seen. Even in the worst situation, um they'll have the best learnings from it and that's what they've imbibed in me and my sister. And I was really lucky to find a a a partner uh, such as my husband in the same way because um again one of the most optimistic people I have seen. Constantly tells me not to think pessimistically. Uh because i have a tendency sometimes to slip into that thing or oh, worst case scenario is what's going to happen so i'm often reprimanded saying look at the positives so i think the way to to salvage the situation here is today first think of how in your business you can reinvent or as an individual i know a lot of lot of the kids who are uh, graduating out in 2020 and in history this will be written as one of the darkest years to graduate out uh, similar things happened in 2008 in 2010 2015 uh, one of the darkest times to graduate out as freshers So how do you do uh, how do you then cope with what's going on well accept that this is how the situation is going to be don't look for a fairy godmother or a unicorn or a rainbow it's not going to happen try to work on yourself so if this is what you picked up in your graduation through your studies what are the courses that you can do a lot of them are free online available on multiple platforms try to look at where you can invest least money because your parents have already spent so much on you know educating you and paying for those 3 4 years that you've spent in colleges so what can you do for free uh pick up skills that you never thought were important for example today me uh, as an hr professional as a media person as a podcaster i've now started paying attention to coding 
I think coding is very important for everybody at every stage in life. So I feel I should also personally pick up on lessons in coding and uh, pick it up because I can work on a basic website design. I can be, do a basic update. I can do a design change. I can do these things. So I think pick up on skills which you think are for skills of the future. And if you're a tech person, then you have to work hard on your communication skills because I know most people from a technology background. The biggest reason why they don't score high on on jobs or on GREs or when they're applying abroad, it's weak communication skills. So work on that. Listen to news, listen to podcasts, listen to amazing, amazing communication pieces that are out there. Read more. Try to write more. Try to start commenting on people's profiles. I'm not saying Instagram, Facebook, but I'm talking about LinkedIn. I'm talking about Twitter. Uh, follow people that you think make a difference and uh, try to communicate more with them, and that way you'll improve yourself. So spend time in honing your communication. Spend time in building your technology skills. Spend time in uh, understanding the basics of social media marketing, because these are skills for the future and they are here to stay. So definitely understand the nuances of these, because this will take you a long, long way. So I think these are just some basic things you should spend your time on, and think of this time that you've got as a gift. As you would have never got it had you joined a job straight out of college, right? So these are places where you can do self-improvement, and companies, trust me, will value you more when you have additional set of skills. Because right now companies are giving jobs to people who are multi-skilled, who cannot just do one job but can do two, three, four, five, and that, you know, for in, and then and they're paying for one job and getting five things. So I think this is something that you should look at. As an employee employer, um, I think it's very important to have a strong communication channel built. With your employees, no matter how big your or small your team is, even if you're a five-member company to a 500-member company, right communication is very important. Share the balance sheet. Talk about what the future is. Are they going to get their bonuses? Are they going to get increments? Be open and honest in your communication. Tell them if their salary cuts going to happen. Tell them they do. You're doing so so that you can safeguard the future of the employees and so that you don't have to give them pink slips. And if you have to give them pink slips, make sure you're you're sharing some other avenues for them to pick up on. Share how they can, you know, become consultants or knowledge market experts. Use your own connections if you can to get them jobs. A lot of them that you're laying off as well, or at least be as kind and empathetic as you can because it's the least you can do. And you don't even know the situation their families are in. Some of them are just one-membering earning uh, families, and you are derailing the one person in the family who's earning. Try to be as as kind as possible in such difficult times. Extremely important. Be mindful of what you say. How you approach it. I know it's extremely uncomfortable as an employer because there's so much stress going on. But trust me, this one extra act of kindness from your end will take you a long way in being remembered as one of the the nicer ones during such difficult and trying times. And it also defines the character of the person, right? Usually, you judge a person's character in how they act with people who are lower than them in station, who are younger than them in station or in life, and also how you react during a crisis situation. Um, this really shows. The kind of person that you are, and the kind of person you want to be remembered as. I think that's the advice I would leave uh, for entrepreneurs as well. And definitely diversify, reinvent yourself, your businesses. There are so many of them doing that. Like Swiggy, Zomato became, uh, uh, you know, uh, a parcel delivery companies overnight just from being a food delivery company because people weren't ordering food anymore. Um, we had uh, companies overnight turning into media platforms as well, where I know companies like PhonePay are integrating. News channels into uh, their systems so that people can also watch news on their platform while they transact. So things are going digital. So try to see where you can plug in digital uh, in your in your entire space of business as well, and see how easy, open, approachable, and how many more things you can do within the limited space that you're given. Like for example, Excel Corporation, my company, uh, we are HR consulting company. So as consultants, we can do multiple activities. So we used to be 
very hardcore on recruitment we still are on talent uh, but apart from that we now offer virtual hr services for startups uh, we help them in their entire growth service so if you don't have a hr team internally uh, we provide the entire hr team support with a single point of contact fee at a very marginal cost uh, we have also started doing commissioned uh, survey reports to excel corporation survey reports where we've taken out two surveys one assessing over 2000 participants on uh, their uh, uh, nature their interest and their ability to work from home during these trying times and if this could be a nature for the future as well we've done one on the online education space once the new education policy came out uh, again reaching out to over 2000 3000 plus participants understanding if they are interested to keep online education as the way forward in in education itself in the future to do a lot of commission reports for companies uh, that have tied up with us on various topics uh, we of course produce podcasts as you know uh where uh, we generate content for people as well um and we do a uh, lot of sponsored podcasts for companies so we build brand related podcasts uh, for companies uh, for example if you're a fintech company we build a fintech podcast for you if you're a, a gaming company we build a gaming related podcast for you so these are multiple multiple things that you can play with and that's exactly what we're doing here as well diversifying is the key uh, solution and reinvention i would say for the entrepreneurs and the individuals Wow, uh, that's a very in-depth answer for what I asked, and I think you rightly pointed out about diversifying your skills or reinventing yourself constantly. To be honest, I I personally feel 2020 is a blessing in disguise. If it weren't for the lockdown, we wouldn't have honed so many new skills. Um, but moving on to our last question before I wrap up this podcast. I want our listeners to know that you were also a road tractor and this being a podcast hosted by the Road Track Club of Mulun Hillview I'm really keen to know how has road tract impacted your life Okay all right Yes 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 that's right uh, I was a road tractor as well um I I I was a road tractor and um uh some very fond memories i accidentally joined road track uh, during my 11th and 12th i was in a college called mount carmel college in bangalore we were part of road track midtown uh, in bangalore i think district 3190 i don't remember i hope i'm right and um uh we uh, were under the able leadership of mr karthik kitu who i understand is a very big man in road track today um so yes uh, it's because of him and uh, you know friends we joined road track i did a lot of community work in road track i was a community services director uh, during my term and i was uh, uh, we worked a lot with the ngos uh, I, it gave me a different world view for sure uh, because um, i think i didn't i didn't interact with a lot of people from uh, different backgrounds in life before road track happened to me and when we started doing the activities outside of our college right we actually went down we were doing part time teaching so we used to teach english hindi to a kannada medium government school um, through mount carmel uh, road track mcc and um, after that we we met a lot of different uh, road tractors from different colleges we participated i think in one of the uh, district level conferences that happened in panchkini in my time uh, around 2003 2004 um, which was fantastic and we had such a great time meeting so many road tractors from different uh, you know areas and i was always in, uh, into you know a lot of talent oriented programs so we were singing we were dancing we were doing marads uh, we were doing a lot of different things uh, through road track Uh, then I joined Road Track South uh, in Bangalore, and I became, uh, I think, uh, uh, club service director there. And uh, our uh, head then was uh, Karthik, and uh, it was fantastic. We had a great time. Uh, we did a lot of programs uh, um, in different capacities uh, across, and uh, uh, it was just one of the one most wonderful memories that I have through Road Track. Um, I met my husband at Road Track, uh, which was 
really really a strange the strangest place uh, to meet but i did and uh, it's been a fantastic 13 years of knowing each other and being with each other so rotract has a very special place in my heart for sure and i think um, rotract has really um, helped people um, shed their inhibitions and take on responsibilities at a very young age because through rotract you have to become directors you have to report to very senior people who are also corporate professionals so you have to start behaving like a a uh, professional yourself at a very young age in college and school so i joined rotract actually one of the primary reasons was somebody told me it looks great on your resume and i hold it true to this day rotract looks great on your resume so if you are a rotractor and if you're part of rotract trust me you've made a great life choice because um, uh, your services with rotract are greatly valued even so many years down the line um, unfortunately i couldn't continue my journey with rotract because i had a lot of other things that i was uh, you know taking up at that point of time i couldn't give the kind of commitment rotrack needed but i'm really happy that i'm part of this podcast uh, hosted by rotrack club of mulund hillview i personally know um, the president of rotrack uh, mulund aniket singh he's a fantastic person um and uh, i've seen him grow from strength to strength uh, he's been working on different projects with me for the last 2 years so i'm really happy that um, uh, rotrack uh, mulund is doing so well under his leadership and i'm glad that this podcast uh, has come up with such a fantastic novel idea i don't think any other uh, clubs are doing this right now so it's a great idea guys keep that going well as a as a woman um, first of all as an entrepreneur and then as a female entrepreneur there are many challenges that come your way um, you have to learn to not take every comment and everything come your way too seriously uh, because at the end of the day uh, business and corporate is always known as a man's world so it's very hard um, to suddenly expect equality and suddenly expect every single person um giving you a, a second look or a second glance uh not just for your physical appearance but also for your mind that is the taboo that most women struggle with i have struggled with it too a lot of times when you look at uh, a female entrepreneur uh, you start with a oh looks she's nice on the eyes easy on the eyes and then it goes on with okay this person's talking some sense oh they come with experience of running a company or oh, they come with unique ideas or oh, they come with a plethora a portfolio of different services that they offered oh my god they work with some fantastic clients fortune 500 startup wow this looks like a great portfolio so they will get to know you slowly uh, what meets the eye always is the first physical barrier of being a woman so don't take that too seriously in fact own it is what i would say to all the girls out there it's fantastic to be a girl it's fantastic to be a woman we are one of the best creations of god and it doesn't hurt that that um, we turn heads and uh, we bring a smile to people's faces and it doesn't hurt that uh, uh, this gives us the inner confidence our beauty our uh, charisma or just the way we talk or just the presence of a woman in a room you know changes the dynamics of a room it's always noticed when you have seven boys or seven men talking to each other and suddenly a woman enters and sits in the room you know the entire room's dynamic changes that's what we bring to the table we bring respect we bring dignity uh, we bring um, i think some sort of responsibility a need to impress uh, on the other person i think these things a woman brings very beautifully into the table and you should own it don't ever feel lesser of being a girl or a woman because we've achieved so much right from going to space down to running companies becoming a podcaster becoming people who break technological barriers from being one of the first women in a factory sudha murthy to so many people who have achieved so much across the world so and and the best thing is we can do it all right we we can be uh, we can be a girl we can be a friend we can be your Uh, uh wife we can be a mother we can be a parent we can be a caretaker of the elderly we can be the the one person that everybody in the family comes to 
we can also be the one person that everybody in a company comes to as a woman leader i think one thing we bring to the table is empathy we understand it and emotions are not a bad thing and having emotions is not such a bad thing at all uh, learn to have empathy so that you know the way you take decisions will always be much more respected regarded and remembered compared to your male counterparts for sure and um, i i think uh, secondly just because you're a woman does not mean everything has to be taken uh, into consideration with everybody's feelings involved in every emotion no you have to be a leader at that point of time you have to be uh, dispassionate you have to be unbiased and then take opinions and leadership uh, based you know comments so that is very 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 important uh, when you're a woman leader um and that's my advice to you girls yeah own being a girl own being a woman because trust me um we really can have it all so with that thank you so much um thank you so much for having me on this podcast uh, it was a really really pleasant experience and uh, yeah wish you all the luck with this podcast and so much more that you guys produce all the all the best to track club of mulan hill view uh, you guys are doing a great job and uh, i will stay tuned to more content that you put up Well that was a very insightful and enriching conversation and I think there's a lot of food for thought out there so with that we come to the end of the second edition of RCMH Week Talks and stay tuned as we come up with more people from different industries and share insights from their lives RCMH Week Talks with Rotaract Club of Mulund Hillview